یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں Hello everybody and welcome to episode 51 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan. Episode number 51, Karan. We're now reaching those numbers where we barely have any players who've worn that jersey of note. Except for <laughs> 51, we've got our very big favorite Meta World Peace. That's the number he wore when he was playing for your New York Knicks. How cool is that? He, I don't even remember that. That's, I'm ashamed in myself as a Meta fan and a Nick fan that he wore 51. But I then think, again, it's 51. I think so. had, I think cool. That's awesome. Sort of, uh, story for it though. Like, it's, the, it's the reverse of 15, which was his first number or something like that. I can't remember. But uh, 50, oh, fair enough. Yeah. 51 is Meta World cool. Peace and this is episode <laughs> number Meta World Peace. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, We, we are here, episode number 51. We have tons of things to get to before we get to our special guest segment. Um, as of recording, this is 31st of July, which means our FIBA Asia Women's Cup, which we held in Bengaluru, is officially over. And what a tournament it was, Karan. What, a, what an ending. Absolutely. What like th- there's so much to unravel here, Koshik. Uh, where where do you think we should start? Should we start at the beginning or should we start at the end? I think we should start right at the end because that was one of the clutchest moments right I've the- seen in Indian basketball uh-huh. history. And those last 20 seconds, uh, our our very own splash sister Shireen Limai, the first ever um, female guest on Hoop Darshan. Made us all so proud with, uh, if you guys haven't seen this yet, go, go, on, uh, go on the internet, search for the Shireen shot. One of Kaushik's close friends was at the game, who, he took a video and um, uh, another one of our regular guests, Jonathan Rigo, was at the game. A bunch of you guys actually showed up, it was a sold out crowd for that game. So, shout, out, so, to shout out also to all the people in Bangalore who eventually showed up. Yeah, I think the first few days, uh, the, uh, they weren't getting enough crowds. And this is partly the BFI's fault too. They didn't, they didn't invest any money in promoting it locally. Um, and somehow, eventually, they were able to get people to come watch. And by the end, it was a sold-out crowd. Could you have asked for a better atmosphere? It's a tight game. The winner goes into D- Division A. Um, she had her... You know what it reminded me of? Mm-hmm. It reminded me of um, uh, that shot Jeremy Lin made against Toronto Raptors. You know, at the peak of Lin's sanity. Where he just decides that, you know what, I'm, like he just takes the ball up. There are other plays you could call, but she, but she had this. And Kaushik, you said it best to me over text. She had the, I got this moment. Absolutely. She dribbled back and took a shot. And and it, the plays just freaking exploded. Oh, it was insane. I wish I really wish I could have been there for that, uh, for that shot, for that match, for that whole day. It seemed like it was a day full of amazing matches. And even the game that followed it. Uh, where Japan beat Australia to clinch the title for the third time in a row, I think. Um, so, just all in all, like a yep. su- superb day with India yep. gaining promotion back to um, the A division for the next edition of this tournament. Um, what, what a great finish. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, congrats to Japan too. I, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I mean, I, I thought Australia would win that game. Um, Australia's got this player named Kelsey Griffin who turned out to be the tournament's MVP, and she's she ended up with like thirty points in the final. Yeah, um, it was again that was supposed to be in a great close game too. Uh, yeah, Kelsey Griffin's American. Yeah, she's American. She recently became uh, Australian citizen. Like oh, she plays for Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, she, okay. she was signed oh, okay, for the okay. WNBL um, here, and she just loved it so much that she decided to turn Australian. So um, that is a oh, that is an interesting fantastic. story. <laughs> Hopefully, um, uh, <laughs> that I mean that's great to hear. And um, they had some. Uh, like the uh, first, like the fact that th- this major tournament happened in India and happened pretty successfully, I'm I'm glad that this took place. You know, um, uh, also want to give a shout out to all the Indian players who played well. You know, Anita Paldurai who came back from like maternity leave to be our leading scorer and captain and was basically the best player for India throughout this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Gina Skaria, another one of great uh, hoop darshan alumni, was incredible in our two comeback wins in the semi-finals and finals. She just went into beast mode. In, in the fourth quarter in both games was unstoppable um, and Grima Merlin Varghese came out of nowhere she wasn't even supposed to be in the team she was uh, a late like last minute injury replacement for Pooja Mall and she ended up as one of her top scorers so it's great to see um, all these girls right to the occasion oh absolutely so many standout performances it's like it's like every game there was someone who stepped up uh, and it's just amazing to see and yeah. I, I think the people I'm happiest for is, is of course the 15 girls who played in the team or, or 12 should I say 12 girls who were on the team and I, I'm sure they would not have an yeah. experience as good as this uh, in their lives except of course if we host a tournament again in a few years and some of these young players play but like that is that is amazing to play like that at home to to win in such dramatic fashion at home uh, I, I'm so thrilled for these uh, for the women's team and shout out to uh, head coach Zoran Vesic. Uh, came down from Serbia, only had like a month or so, a month and a half to to work with this team. Now, obviously, uh, you know the 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 perspective around this win is that we were in Division B. We were supposed to win. We, we were we were potential, possibly the best team in the division, and we got like the job we were supposed to do. We did it. We did it in spectacular fashion. Um, but still, you can't take anything away from um, from the fact that they didn't they didn't slip up, uh, and now we're back in the top division. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so again, I only had one um, one major caveat from this whole tournament, Kaushik. What's what's that, Karan? Hello. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know the whole you know the whole dumbass controversy about. The the Ashoka pillars on the basketball court. We must we must definitely rant about this. Uh, every hoop session episode we end up ranting about something or the other. But I think this time it's a legit rant. Uh, Karan, why don't you take us away? This is a legit important rant. Uh, if you guys haven't didn't see this, it's a good thing you didn't see this because it didn't deserve any news. But I I'm still gonna rant about it. <laughs> is that um. FIBA put a logo of the of the of the tournament, which includes the, which includes like the Ashoka pillars a little bit, um, on the floor because that's what they do. Logos go on the floor. Now apparently it's considered like illegal. Also, it offends a bunch of like people who are easily offended in our country. Which is that, like that people are stepping on this on the pillars, which is everyone these days. So 
and instead of looking at the fact that we have these star players who are represent like that is real patriotism they are representing india for nothing for no love for no like money for no respect they they, they just love the game and they love the country you know instead of that being a patriotic thing it's patriotic to care about this symbol on the floor you know it's it's all messed up and uh, i'm so glad that that the girls just shrugged it off and they they won this tournament it's amazing yeah absolutely like uh, whoever that whoever wrote that article or whoever tried to get that to be a controversy is india today yeah india today yeah. get out of here india today get out of here <laughs> that's all i can say like uh, yeah come on it's it's yeah like we don't have to tell each other current like it's like we're preaching this to the choir the... but this is uh, the, like if i find mm-hmm. that guy who wrote that article i'm going to like personally slap him someday <laughs> <laughs> well at the sad thing is like this is the only way they're giving basketball uh, mainstream coverage when it's a controversy instead of like all the good news so yeah 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 absolutely um anyways koshik Um, we, we we talk about the other bit of good news uh, that's been happening the other bit of good news it was news. a busy week for indian basketball it is and there seem to be a lot of these busy weeks which is which is always a good thing and, and especially this time of the year when uh, rest of like international basketball is is kind of on the down low it's good to have a lot of these indian news to talk uh, and i believe the next thing we need to talk about yeah. is uh, the greatest act of basketball dip, uh, international diplomacy related to basketball in india that has ever happened <laughs> why don't you tell uh, us listeners uh, what you mean by this current <laughs> hey in the same uh, one week stretch both kevin durant future hall of famer and yao ming current hall of famer were in india how crazy is that durant and yao were both in india uh, durant got considerably more considerably more attention than yao did um, so we'll get to yao later but yeah KD um, as you guys may, may already definitely have heard by now he he went to Delhi uh, Noida and Agra he uh, held basketball clinics in um, at the NBA academy in India he apparently set a Guinness book world record for the largest basketball lesson ever given uh, there were 3000 something kids if you if you count like the 1000 who were at the arena and then several more 1000 who who uh, joined him on live feed um And uh, hey, you, can, you he, can cheat like that for Guinness records. I think he broke the record even by the people who were in front in the arena. Okay. So he he didn't need to have the the, the cheating part on the screen, <laughs> but 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 yeah, I guess I guess you can. I don't know. It's, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll have to send that question to the, to the Guinness record committee. Um, but but yeah, uh, and also. KD took basically what is now my favorite photograph of all time, <laughs> the, the, the cheesy ass photo of him uh, picking up the Taj Mahal in Agra, which was which is just amazing because we all have that photo. Yes. Anyone who's ever been to the Taj Mahal has that photo, and now so does Kevin Durant in his shorts, looking like uh, like his mom is forcing him to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I would have I would have wanted to be there for when like. The photographer, whoever's around with him, would have suggested, "Hey, you should do this." <laughs> Dude, I've done I've done Taj Mahal. Um, so I did once as a kid and twice re- uh, more recently as an adult. And those guides are are really mean. Like they, they have a certain <laughs> set of they they, they they have a certain agenda. Like you must do this and take this photo. Then you must do this and take this photo. 
and they don't care if you are the like reigning like NBA champion, Finals MVP. You have to follow their agenda. So while he was like uh, on his own YouTube channel on on the Kevin Durant YouTube channel, he's talking about you know here's Taj Mahal, this is great, blah blah. In the background, the guide is like, okay, Kevin, now we must stand here for the photo. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's giving him instructions. Oh my god! I was dying. It was so amazing. That is amazing. I I still haven't um, seen that. Um, it, it's so I, I absolutely must. <laughs> and the the other thing, of course, that happens to anybody who comes to India is they get asked about our favorite sport, cricket. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, what was KD's answer? KD's answer was the obvious. Like he said, he has never heard of cricket, its rules, <laughs> or its plays. I wonder what plays are in cricket. <laughs> but, um. I, I actually, so I, I will defend cricket sort of. I think cricket, like, in, when it comes to plays, cricket actually has a lot of plays. It's, it's actually one of the most, like, thinking games there is, you know. But yeah, we don't call them that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it's good stuff. It's always great to have um, NBA champions, no less in their prime, uh, coming here. Man, and, and it was and, huge. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and as you said, Karan, the other big thing is uh, Yao Ming coming here. So this has to be the greatest 14 foot 6 inches that India has ever had at the same point, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guessing maybe maybe unless you count uh, Sabu from the Chacha Chaudhary comics. Yes, this is this has to be. Um, he uh, yeah. So Yao was in your hometown in Bangalore, That's and right. apparently he asked the uh, organizer, he asked the BFI not to make a big deal out of it. Like he didn't want. To get the extra attention, that's why you had all these hilarious photos of Yao Ming just chilling by himself in the VIP yes. stand, uh, just like watching the game alone, like no one even paying attention. There was no. I think eventually they did like felicitate him. They they, they did the usual, put a turban, gave him a gave him a, a shawl. Yeah. Um, I, had, I had a friend who used to work for the NBA in India, and his only question was like, "Are they serving him chai mid court?" That is the that is the one thing that needs to happen at these events. Um, so uh, I mean that was great. The, the fact that and, and by the way, this was Yao's second trip to India. Yao, uh, before he became famous as an under eighteen basketball player, he came to in to Calcutta for the nineteen ninety eight I think um, FIBA Asia under eighteen championship, which was held in Calcutta back then. And China won, and Yao was the MVP. Wow! And um, he. That- Eventually, he ended up being, you know, the, the Chinese League MVP and then eventually he joined the NBA. So, we gave him one of, the, India gave him one of his early starts. Ah, that's fantastic. That's a great piece of nugget. You uh, can always bank on Karan to have these kind of uh, nuggets. <laughs> um, it's definitely, definitely uh, amazing to see out there. And like you said, he uh, if he really did not want any uh, attention... He certainly didn't get it, and he he just he just looked like he was so much at peace, just you know, like one of those yeah. uncles who come and sit courtside watching the tournaments. Uh, and Except just, he's seven foot six. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. It's hard to it's hard to be anonymous when you're Yao freaking Meng, like one of the one of the probably the greatest Asian player ever. I don't think that's a debate. No, not at all. Not at all. Hundred uh, percent. Only until like uh, Amjot Singh goes to the NBA and then just takes That's, over. That's it's almost there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, serving chai mid court, I, I did set up a thing on my Twitter to check the FIBA Asia hashtag, and I don't okay. know who this is. Maybe this is like a reporter or like someone who covers um, a particular team. Yeah. He 
posted pictures of chai and parle ji so like somebody's oh, doing nice. something right fantastic yeah <laughs> if 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 you haven't served a foreign guest like now that's the next step in our diplomacy right now we do you know we have uh, durant and and yao wear those like stupid turbans and wear a shawl and um, uh, maybe we play some like bollywood music in the background whatever like that, that, all those things are amazing they make for great photo ops but we need to start doing more of the parle ji in chai like they did with kenneth farid because right. that is that is a quintessentially indian thing i know it's definitely north indian thing koshik i'm sure it's a big thing in south too it is it is it definitely is the parle ji kid is like a national phenomenon who's probably like 40 years old now but <laughs> Oh, and like he's just he's just the most famous baby in India. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! Uh, so that's that takes care of Kevin Durant and Yao Ming. We still have a couple of things to do. Um, talk about Karan. Uh, so, what did uh, what happened to BFI recently in terms of sports ministry and the International Olympic Association affiliation again? So after a long time, we know we we've, we've been through. A, ton of shit with like two factions and like being derecognized and stuff like that but i think we're finally back we we are almost finally back uh it's been a good week for the bfi so shout out to you know all the people who have been uh, carrying it for the last few years uh because obviously um it is broken into two factions and the faction that is running the show that's been hosting all these events um was not supported by the indian government they had to do it rogue almost like they were supported by fiba which is the international basketball association and for our for uh, for our interest that's what matters more if fiba supports us it's you know th- that that's all that matters really yeah. but obviously they need the support of the, the ministry of youth affairs the sports in india the indian olympic association, association because for the funding and the, for the organization of events that's where the support comes from yeah so um, and uh, these organizations had been had not been supporting them because their alliances initially lay with the other committee but the last over the last month both the IOA and the ministry of um, youth affairs and sports have recognized basketball i guess so so after one year of basketball not even being a national sport federation in india can you believe this all this while I, it wasn't I, even i just thought we didn't have like a pro league but this is this is humiliating <laughs> Like, things were happening, but we were the Indian government was pretending that it's not official. It's favorite um, hobby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we are good at pretending things. So, um, by the way, sorry, another rant. If we had again, if we invest half our energy that we invest in caring about logos and symbols, <laughs> actually invest in caring about like the sport. Can you imagine like you get all these trolls together to like who who get angry at every little thing. to get angry at things that matter we'd be a really great country because we we, we have a lot of pent up anger we're just using it at the wrong place <laughs> you know? if if only pigs could fly karan if only pigs could fly <laughs> or or if only cows could fly ah yeah <laughs> that's, that's yeah come on don't insult our national animal <laughs> it's not even a national animal but it may as well be it, it may as well be at this point <laughs> at this point did it national mom So right. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, we, we are not going to have uh, any any trolls coming at us after this are we? <laughs> I don't think I don't think trolls listen to to our podcast. I don't think trolls I, I think I, I think trolls in basketball are a mutually exclusive crew. Yeah, <laughs> safe to say that for sure. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh 
Yeah, so B- so congrats to the BFI. Things can officially be official, sort of. And hope now I'm hoping that this helps them eventually move out of their uh, previous like sponsorship deal with IMG that's been holding them back. Yeah. And then get new sponsors to then launch the pro league. Someday, someday that will happen. Okay. Yes. Hopefully in a lifetime. But <laughs> uh, so there's just one more thing now the big ticket item for the uh, for the BFA and for like the Indian national team that's coming up mm-hmm. is the FIBA Asia Cup for men which is something we've been looking forward to for a while now um, who mm-hmm. do you think is the best person to talk this with Karan? Um, well let's see India is taking part in the FIBA Asia Cup which is a huge tournament and uh, India just happens to have a coach who, who has been an NBA assistant coach for almost Two decades, perhaps that is the coach who we should talk to. Who else? Who else could we turn to? Who else would give us better answers? That's exactly right. So our special guest for this episode number fifty-one, episode number Meta World Peace um, is. So I want to introduce Coach Indian Phil Weber to the Hoop Darshan podcast. Phil coach, Weber. thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Ah, uh, doing okay. Doing okay. Thank you very much for having me on. We our very first episode of this podcast had uh, India's previous head coach called uh, Scott Fleming, and this is the fifty-first episode. We just celebrated our fiftieth anniversary, so it's great that we sort of get to have that um, like th- th- that parallel feel here to have our next head coach. Um, I just want to introduce the coach to everyone. Uh, coach Weber has been an NBA assistant coach for almost two decades with the Phoenix Suns, the New York Knicks, and. Um, Currently with the Pelicans, and I think uh, you recently told me that now you have been promoted to the front office position with the Pelicans too. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, Coach Weber has uh, very recently been hired by India's national team, um, and he he led us to the William Jones Cup in Chinese Taipei a few weeks ago, um, and now uh, in a couple of days he's flying with the Indian national team to Lebanon for the FIBA Asia Cup. Coach, uh, I want to ask you, how has the experience been with the team so far? Oh, I got to tell you, it's uh, it's a challenge right now. It's a challenge. I would be lying to you if if if, uh, if I said it was all great and everything was flying around, yeah, uh, full tilt. Right now, we uh, probably our best player, uh, Vishesh, yeah, has been. Uh, Hampered with a, he's coming back from a knee injury yeah. that he uh, had in, a, in about, a, it was probably about six weeks ago. So he just started practicing three days ago. Oh. So we haven't had him. Uh, Armour Paul has had, uh, he's had some, uh, I guess he's practiced with us four times. And uh, tomorrow is a very big practice for us because we should. Uh, so we also uh, the one the one constant uh, is uh, AJ. I'm John. Yeah. And he is uh, he was good. He was very. He's a very good player. Uh, he's been working harder than probably anybody that we've had here. Yeah. Uh, but I believe that it's uh, our success will be. You know, on how quickly in the next four days, five days, uh, can we can we get everybody on the same page? Because we just haven't, because of injuries and because of other obligations, with other, you know, we haven't been everybody together. So uh, we still we still feel good. 
but we got to work hard in the next four or five days. Um, so from the recently released information on the FIBA, FIBA website, it seems that the, the 12-man roster is, is pretty set. And I think a lot of us uh, Indian basketball fans, we do agree that this might be, um, and, uh, apart from Vishesh's injury concern, this might be the, the, the strongest, at least by the name, roster that India has is ever sending out to one of these tournaments. You know, we have our big three, which is uh, Vishesh, Amjot and Amritpal. We have Satnam Singh coming back. Uh, TJ Sahi will be the point guard here. Um, uh, it's it, it, it has a lot of experience and a lot of youth as well. So, what have you seen from the players who have been healthy and who have been available um, that has worked your interest a little bit in, in this team's potential? Well, I, I would like to, you know, it's, uh, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, I was more excited some days before uh, we had some guys that, you know, basically didn't come in into the shape that they needed to. So since they've been here, they've worked very hard. And, you know, probably uh, my background has not allowed me to feel good only because of what I'm, I guess I'm used to coaching. Mm-hmm. So uh, it may be unfair for them. So, I'm, you know, I just know... Uh, we have we have a long way to go in our next four days, and we're going to work hard. Our staff is you know going to work hard and try to put everything together. And we are uh, we do have some. And I don't know. I mean, I've I've broken down today. I broke down two games of Iran, and they're really good. And they're our first opponent. Yeah. Uh, we play Jordan Jordan second, and they have a couple of very good players in Syria third. So, you know, we we are very big, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had had everybody together because uh, it's like a painter without all the colors before he puts <laughs> all the paint down. <laughs> that's so that's a beautiful. I haven't, you know, so I haven't, I haven't, I haven't really seen that whole, you know, what everybody has told me about, and uh, I have to challenge some guys here to really be focused in the next week and get their minds, bodies and stuff ready. Uh, again, because as you guys have said, you know, expectations are the only things that really, really hamper you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know the level of seriousness. A couple guys came into camp with, and I'm being brutally honest. I'd love to say everything is tremendous, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you the way it is. And, um, uh, the guys that have been here have been really working hard, and we have mm-hmm. some good surprises. Uh, and we are going to continue to work. And again, for me, because I just, I'm going to, for, for everybody who is listening right now, uh, so tomorrow is the first time I'm going to put Vishesh into the starting lineup. He hasn't been able to practice, uh, you know, hard enough to put into a starting lineup. And, you never want to force it because of compensation. Yeah. So you take, you try to go too quickly, and all of a sudden you lose him for the tournament. So we've been overly cautious, and tomorrow it's sink or swim for us, I think, as far as Vishesh. And he's been moving forward, which is optimistic, mm-hmm. and in him being 60%, 
he's really he's still really good. He has a great feel for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his physical condition, and again, everybody who's listening, I'm I'm judging it on what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So I may be harsh, but I am also realistic in what the expectations of winning basketball should be. And we have some work ahead of us in the next six days. Um, Coach, you mentioned that you've been studying Iran and um, we'll be playing them in our first game. And we got to play against them in um, in Taiwan a few weeks ago. Uh, we lost all, we lost all our games. We lost all nine of our games at the William Jones Cup. Um, but it was your first experience out with this team, and obviously it was um, um, a more depleted team than what you'll have at your hands. Were there any positives that you take away from the performances in Taiwan? Yeah, you know, I think it really uh, allowed us to... I used it more because the tournament, from what I was told, you know, doesn't necessarily count. Mm -hmm. And because we had so many of our main guys not there, uh, I used it in order to kind of audition and to see different players that who could potentially help us in the games that matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's August 9th. So... Uh, Muen stepped up in certain situations. Uh, Anil had a couple big outings. And I think that, uh, you know, it really was able to get uh, AJ Amjad uh, in great shape. And the thing about it is we were all out of position in that. And we found this out with the... Uh, Pelicans last year, especially early, we had a rocky start because we didn't have Drew Holiday. Uh, and once we got Drew back, we won four straight because everybody went to their normal position. And it's important that everybody has a role. And, you know, the players that were with us in uh, Taiwan, they, they were not used to any of the roles that they were playing. And... Uh, I think that AJ will be one of the only guys, uh, obviously. Uh, well, actually, Muen, Anil, and AJ are the guys that really kind of came out of that tournament uh, as far as going to be part. And those three have been focused and have been hardworking. And uh, Bala lately has looked much better. And he's a young player. He's, he's been working extremely hard. Uh, his, his basketball, you know, knowledge has got to grow. He's a younger player, but he's got great speed. Uh, and I'm not sure what we'll have. The next four days are very big for him and how much our staff trusts him. Coach, I, I wanted to specifically ask you about a couple of players, but you've already uh, mentioned that. So I'll skip forward to the next thing uh, that I had in mind. So... Our team has primarily used Scott Fleming's playbook for the last couple of years, even though he's not been around. I, I want to know what you have added to our offense and defense. What what do you bring in that this team uh, has seen newly and what we might get to see in, in FIBA Asia tournament? Well, the, you know, it's, it's, it's been our goal that we will, you know, we, we just want to be efficient offensively. And in order to do that, I think you have your three best players involved in, in the actions. You know, we, we want ball movement. We want quick decisions. And, 
you know, we just want, and so, and defensively, we, we've, we've emphasized defensive transition and matching up and all the, all the basics that, that we feel are the fundamentals. But again, we have yet to have like, uh, and I hate to do this because I would love to say that we've had the normal in the NBA, you have a month in the training camp. <laughs> We're having like nine days mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. these next four days are very critical for us. And the benefit that we do have, and I agree with this, that Omnipal, Rishesh, and uh, Amjad all know, and AJ all know how to play. And, you know, I'm still not sure of what our depth is, but we're going to try to play. We'll mix up our defenses because I don't believe that we'll have uh, the depth that we'll need to, you know, to go 10 deep. Uh, so we will be having to mix up our defense and try to create confusion uh, to their offense. And offensively, we are going to have quick ball movement, and uh, we want the main guys to be in the actions and the other guys to be, you know, very smart and spacing the floor. Spacing is huge for us. And all the good quality teams that we've been breaking down in in Iran and all the, all the good teams are – use spacing to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Now we are probably going to be one of the biggest teams, you know, with, uh, with going in with Amrapal and, uh, and Tottenham. So we, there will be, there will be, I'd be foolish not to go into the post with them and to run certain actions that will maximize their, their ability. So, as a, as a coaching staff, all we can do is try to maximize, you know, what the players have as what their strengths are and try to minimize and hide their weaknesses. Coach, uh, th- th- thank you for that breakdown. Uh, I, I want to know what your thoughts are about our three opponents in the first group stage. Uh, you said you scouted Iran, Jordan and Syria a fair bit. Uh, what can you tell us about their... Uh, strengths and how we can potentially attack some of the weaknesses that they might show. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I was it Iran? Was you were talking about? Because Iran's the only one I really broke down, and um, you know they have a couple. Hadadi is not going to be uh, supposedly he's injured and will not be playing, which uh, probably makes them, uh, in my estimation, you know almost more dangerous, even though he's such a great player and he, he's, he, he hurts many teams. But it against us, it will speed them up some. And they have mm. two very good perimeter players. Uh, and my, forgive me, uh, I just know their numbers and we're going to have our guys' minds ingrained on those numbers, 8 and 13. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we'll organize our practices accordingly where they'll see those numbers in neon lights and, you know, they'll know exactly where they are because they are very deadly shooters. So, you know, defense is all predicated on sprinting back and caring and wanting to communicate. So uh, that's some of our focus. I mean, we've been we've been locking in on sprinting back and focusing and that's that's why it's so important and vital that you have everybody healthy, a hundred percent, and locked in mentally as well as physically. And you know, again, I hope these next four days are, you know, make make me feel 
you know, a lot better than I do right now. <laughs> uh, Coach, what can you tell us about the situation of Satnam Singh? Obviously, he's one of the bigger uh, names, even though he might not necessarily have played with the Indian team in recent years. Uh, everybody seems to know about him. So, a lot of people are curious about what uh, state he's in and how, how much he's practiced with the team and what you feel about him. We've had him uh, for about, since we got back on the, uh, he joined us on the 27th of July. And he is, in my estimation, he's, he's, he's so big. And, you know, we are, we are without question very big uh, with him and Paul. And uh, I, Arvind is also a quality big that, that was a good surprise to me. Mm. Uh, so, but we'll see, we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking at his from a, from an NBA perspective and, you know, he, he was drafted and he did perform for, you know, he did, was on the D league Texas legends, but he didn't play much. And, yeah. you know, this is a different level. Okay. Uh, but these are really quality players that we're going to be playing against. So, uh, again, we'll see what level of conditioning he can have. And uh, a lot of it is the mental focus and understanding what we're doing and running the plays that we want to run and knowing what your role is. And uh, there's no question he's talented. Uh, he has skills. Uh, but speed and the ability to get up and down the floor is a skill and where that is we'll see we'll see that that's something where a couple of our guys are going to be challenged quite honestly where they have they have got to you know have the mental uh toughness uh and commitment to be able to uh perform in games uh at a high high level of intensity getting up and down the floor um, yeah, I mean, and I feel what you just mentioned about Satnam is something that in the, all his past coaches have said too, like he, he obviously is, is a great big player with, with soft hands and good touch around the basket, but his ability to sort of keep with the pace of the game has, has really hampered him from getting playing time in the, in the G League. Um, coach, I wanted to sort of shift away your focus a little bit from, from the Indian basketball team. Uh, so, so you're 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 heading out in a few days, and uh, I think when we spoke earlier, you said you would be open to continuing if if the opportunity arises to to return to the team. But for now, this might be sort of like the end of your stint in in India. So I'll be curious to know: um, Have you had any interesting or or you know, a memorable culture shock moments yet? Because Scott Fleming used to tell us all the time that every day he would see something he had never seen before in India. Is there anything that that, that you will take? <laughs> is there anything that you will take oh, with you, like yeah. whether it's food or just craziness that that like that you want to share with us? Well, I'll tell you right now. So, uh, my wife uh, came in and joined us, okay. and uh, we went to Agra today. Oh, fantastic! And it was it was it was absolutely amazing. It was beautiful, and it's magnificent. It really is. So, uh, but some things that have caught me off guard were the people walking in the street and on the highways when it's like 
going so fast mm-hmm. and how close the cars are driving together at such speeds and swaying and the driving is, is you have to be the most talented drivers in the world. <laughs> there's no question we we have a culture of uh, of fatalism where we believe that you know that that if you're meant to survive something we'll survive it <laughs> so <laughs> it it there is there's no question and so uh i am going to a friend's house uh who a friend invited me to dinner uh, yeah. a couple nights ago so we're going and um in the car and we're making the turn and uh, it was the most bizarre thing because i'm seeing monkeys on the side of the road now that's just something you don't see in atlanta <laughs> You just don't see that in New Orleans. You don't see that in New York. You don't, you know, just, so I go to his property. I go to his home as a beautiful home. And apparently he has a jungle right connected to his property. Nice. And he's telling me of the leopards and all these different animals that are, are just, it's just part of the whole thing. And I'm like, I'm looking at a city and I'm imagining all these big animals just cruising and I'm like, oh my God, uh, it's hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom. Um, you know, oh, and by the way, where where cows w- and walk around, you know, that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> we, um, we have a complicated relationship with cows for sure. Uh, <laughs> that's a, but, but you brought up a good point because e- even my, um, where my home is, I, I, I live uh, up in the mountains in India, and ob- so so it's more of a rural area. So it's not that much of a surprise to, of seeing wild animals. But I'm woken every morning by by hordes of monkeys just running across my rooftop every day, and it's just part of the the, the daily alarm clock. So that's just we just get used to yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I, I had to do. I have to be honest with you. I had to take a double take. That was that really a monk? Now, now we were just. <laughs> in Agra, so obviously in the middle of their fountain, they're, they're just running rampant. But this was, so, but this was, I'm like, in a, on a road, and I had to, I'm, I, was that a monkey? And I had, and the car was going too fast, so I couldn't get a picture to show my wife. And that was the only bad part, because there was like two or three of them. It's, it, it, it won't be that hard for you to go out and get a picture around <laughs> Delhi. <or. laughs> Um, what about food? Anything, anything you you especially liked um, that you've tried in, in in India yet? Yeah, we tend to make the uh, our well, let me podcast conversations about you're, food all the time. Yeah, the India the India bread is just off the hook. It's the round <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh, the naans. Yeah. Oh, it's just uh, ciabatta. Maybe I don't know. Chapati. I'm not. I'm not yeah, I think that's what it is. But I'll tell you. And there was, I went to, um, with some people from the NBA, I went to uh, Bacara at the... Uh, yes, Bukhara. Yeah, yeah like, it's so good. Bukhara, yes. And they had that big old piece of bread that was, and they had this dipping sauce, whatever it was. And I don't even know. <laughs> no, I could have dove in that thing. It was, it was good. <laughs> And but you know what you know what maybe the most striking thing 
is the uh, the the amount of the, the 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 people here in India are the, are probably the most warm and gracious that I've ever met mm. as a whole. And I I don't say that just because you're from here, but it's it is you know it's it's amazing. It really is amazing, and it's you know you can sense people's energy, and you just you just feel it. You just know it, and uh, they're just the most hospitable and gracious people I've, I've ever, and I've done a lot of traveling. Coach, I want to shift your focus away once again, and I have with me a list of players that you've uh, coached at some point in your life. Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, and so on. Um, do you have any particular player that maybe has uh, wasn't expected to be very good, but ended up much better than you thought he would be? Uh, that would have to be uh, Boris Diaw. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, we got Boris... Yeah, we got Boris in a trade with Atlanta. Yep. And it was a crazy... It was a crazy situation. And uh, the year before we had gone, we had 162, and we lose Joe Johnson to a broken face. He broke his orbital bone against Dallas in the semifinals. And we end up, we were supposed to win a ring that year. But Joe was unhealthy for the Western Conference Finals. So we have 62 wins, 20. Everybody says, oh, you guys are going to get healthy and you're going to win it next year. And, <laughs> you know, Joe got healthy, ended up signing, you know, they, we had some dispute. But long story short is we, we, we lose Joe. We signed Roger Bell, which was great. And uh, we find out day three of training camp that Amari Stoudemire has to have microfracture surgery. And that was before microfracture surgery was kind of common. Yeah. So we had made a we had made a trade, and we had got this player by the name of Boris Diaw, who our guys kind of liked. He's big. He, he had been playing kind of point guard for Atlanta. And, well, Boris may have been arguably one of the top five smartest players and probably maybe the best passing big I've ever seen. And uh, he worked really hard that year, became the most improved player in the NBA and ended up, you know, having a great career and he'll probably be signed by somebody, but he needs to uh, do some, he's been on that uh, seafood diet way too long. (laughs) He sees it and he eats it. Um, I'll interject with another Boris Diaw fact. He's actually been to India because he's uh, he was really into uh, wildlife photography, and India has a lot of um, uh, nature reserves. So he actually came a few years ago to to take photos of tigers in the Bandabgarh Resort. Yeah, his photography is really big with him. He's he's got actually a photograph uh, photography studio. Yeah, he's 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 the best. He's the best. Are those rumors about him having pregame espresso true in the locker room? I'm sorry. There are rumors that he enjoys a pregame cup of coffee uh, in the locker room. Is that oh, true? Oh no, it was hilarious. <laughs> Every single day, he would have. He would be as he's walking across the practice court. He's stirring his cappuccino. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure at least it wakes you up for the game, if nothing else, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, he was great. He was, he was great. He was, and he's so smart. And that's what made that's, 
You know, that's, that's what Golden State has right now. What people don't realize is, you know, not only do they have great shooters and great skills, but, you know, those players are just the smart. They're just all, they all have an incredible high basketball IQ. Hmm. Uh, coach, uh, like uh, I read so much about you know those those Phoenix Suns teams in in the Seven Seconds or Less book, and obviously uh, y- you made a great cameo appearance uh, off and on. Is are, are are there any stories that didn't make the page that that you felt um, just deserved the attention? And I guess like um, the author didn't have enough space to fit it in. Well, you know, one of the things that people find amusing, I think, of those teams are. Uh, we wanted to go, see, it wasn't necessarily seven seconds or less. That was kind of Jack McCallum's take on it. Yeah. You know, we had the audacity to want to have some common sense by why not? Let's get down the floor and shoot the first open shot. Oh my gosh. It made so much sense to us, but, but we always wanted to push the tempo and Steve Nash his his dad was a pro uh, soccer player. His brother was a pro. He plays. He's a great soccer player himself. And what people don't didn't realize, or maybe they didn't catch, but we marveled at, was you know, the ball would go through the hoop, and if you were to pick up and throw it to the inbounder, and then take the ball in bounds, would take an amount of time, whatever it is. Steve would kick it to the mm. inbounder. And mm. it would be so much quicker because he wouldn't have to bend over, pick it up and all that kind of so he would <laughs> he would and we would get it would help us score points. Mm-hmm. Because he was so proficient at soccer. <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve Steve Nash is one of my all time favorite players and I could listen to you uh, tell me stories about him all day long. Yeah, he he was he he was uh, you know he is one of the hardest workers I've ever coached, and you know a talk about a smart player, he's going to eventually be a great coach, and he is. Uh, you get a guy like that, and it just changes the whole dynamic of your team because it creates a culture of ball movement. You know, Lavar, you know, uh, Lonzo Ball may be that with the Lakers. We had, I coached two of them. Jason Kidd was like that also. You know, where everybody knew if Jason had the ball, you know, that ball, you, you, you better be ready because the ball is going to be moving. So it's, a, it's one of those situations where they, they have such an impact on the team. Once we, once we got Steve, I mean, we were one of the youngest teams in the league. Uh, we won 29 games. Uh, in Phoenix the year before we signed Steve that summer. We signed Steve and, and we signed, you know, Quentin Richardson, who was a good player, really good player. And he had a role yeah. for us. He was, a, he was, a, he was a, 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 a three-point shooter, and he was really good defensively, one through four. And, but we added Steve, and it was like the, the spoon that stirred the drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really, it just, we went from 29 wins to 62 wins. Um, I'm sure Koshik was glad to hear that you, as, as a Laker fan, uh, he was glad to hear that you compared Lonzo Ball to the greats. And uh, I also enjoyed your your Freudian slip of name dropping Lavar before he said Lonzo. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy's a nut. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
coach before we let you go i i just want to bring you back to the present day so 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 you mentioned how india's advantage at the fiba asia cup is going to be your size when you go back now to the nba with the pelicans you will have the exact same advantage in the league that's getting smaller uh you have in, in in my opinion the two best bigs in the game in anthony davis and demarcus cousins and now and, and now the the, the backcourt with uh, drew holiday signed up rondo's there i think ian clark was recently signed up to so i'm just yes, very we, curious we yes i'm really curious so, so so what are your expectations of um of uh, this whole um, you know this whole popery of players now meshing uh, on and off the court uh, and the western conference is going to be so tough next season well what's going to happen is this uh it, it's all going to boil down to because the league is getting smaller let's face it uh Kevin Durant was a 4 Yeah. and uh Draymond Green played the 5 for Golden State a lot you know when it's winning time yeah and so it's going to really boil down to you know what we can do defensively uh you know where AD can AD guard you know uh, some guards and because if we if if we're able to do it defensively uh and not give up too much teams will be really having a hard time matching up to us on the other end see in phoenix and we i think would be it would be hard to argue against us being one of the first teams to go with speed and quickness and because we had Sean Marion as our four which was very unorthodox at the time it was it was not many it, nobody was doing it at the time and yeah what happened was we would go into certain games and say those, those that guy can't play in our game and teams would always match down to us because of the athleticism and the skills of DeMarcus and Anthony i don't think that's necessarily going to be the case DeMarcus is 25 20 to 25 pounds less and he's going to be in great shape this is an important time and uh he can, he's a great passer AD uh, so versatile so if we can if we can hold our own on the other end and quickness doesn't kill us in a transition game and you know in just guarding out on the perimeter we're going to be a handful down at the other end so it really is going to boil down to what we can do matchup wise defensively and that means that you know Anthony and and DeMarcus are going to have to guard down yeah and if they can guard usually it's the other way around i mean i was with miami also you know and 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 coach Foster you know kind of went to uh lebron and said you know can you can you give us 24 minutes at the four because Le- lebron can guard up So now it's kind of we're kind of the other way around. If we can guard down, then we're going to be we're going to be a we're going to be a handful because they can't match up. Yeah. You know, because of the length and athleticism and the skills. So, it's really going to boil down to you know what we can do defensively if we can guard down. And if we can guard down, meaning in transition, and in uh helping and different things our defense went way up last year because we had defenders yeah. we signed Solomon Hill we had Dante Cunningham we had Drew Holiday healthy and he is an elite guard defender when locked in and focused so we were and Etwan Moore is a is a good defender 
So we have a, we have some we have a nice team if we can guard down, and I think that we have the guys that will be able to do that. Um, I mean, it's it's fascinating to hear, and we could just ask you so many questions about you know uh, Rondo's fit and and the pick and roll that that that, that you could potentially get with Drew and uh, Drew Heldy with AD and Boogie. Um, and especially like how do you feel this is like this team's potential could now face up against the the West has just gotten even more dangerous. Uh, where do you see the, the Pelicans? West, the West is the West is crazy. The West yeah. is the West is crazy. And Melo probably will end up in Houston and or you know, I don't know how they get him there, but you know, he <laughs> I was in New York when we, you know, everybody said he was going to show up, end up in New York, and sure enough, he did. So, yeah. uh, the, the thing about it, the thing about it is, uh, what we went after this summer, what we went after this summer is we needed to, to improve our shooting, and we needed to improve our basketball ID, IQ, and our basketball IQ went way up, way up when we got Rondo. Yeah. And he has shot the ball better. Not great. Shot, he shot 37% in his shooting numbers. He takes good shots. So, but, but his basketball IQ will outweigh any of the other stuff because we needed it so badly. And I think that uh, we signed uh, Ian Clark, who's going to be shooting, help shooting. We signed, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we got uh, Darius. Miller, who is a play, former player from Kentucky who has had great years over in Europe the last three, and 6'8", versatile. Uh, so I think that, you know, with what we have coming back and get, making sure, you know, Drew stays here and Solomon becoming more comfortable in what we do offensively because he, he took a dip last year offensively. Didn't defensively, but he, it just, he didn't figure out his role. So, uh, and with our two dynamic bigs who will now have had, when you don't have a training camp, you can add a, you can add a, a, a complimentary player, but when you add a major piece into a team in mid year, it's tough. Yeah. You have no practice time because you got game after game after game. So now, you know, we'll have all of our month of track, you know, three weeks of training camp. You know, they will have had the whole summer working together. They're in, uh, I think DeMarcus will be in much better shape as he was when he came to us in, you know, February. And, you know, we, we have a lot of stuff resolved and we will have had some guys who have played together, you know. So, so it, it could be, you know, the, the West is the West, which is brutal. OKC, you go with Paul George, you've got all these guys coming West. Forget about, you know, even Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota, you have, you have Houston. I mean, it's going to be nutty. And, mm -hmm. and it, it, you know, it really is. So uh, we have to just beat up on the East, I guess, you know, just beat up <laughs> on the East and do what we can in the West. <laughs> um, you know, so... Coach, it, it, I, I, I'm excited about our year. I think that the dynamic, uh, the dynamic combination of of what we have coming back, especially with our bigs, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all works out. I'll be super excited to see how it all works out too, because Boogie Cousins has has been one of my favorite players 
since he joined the league. And since I since I have his ear through you now, coach, bring him to India, please. It'll be amazing. Yeah, I'll get him here. I'll get him here. <laughs> uh, coach, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we wish you best of luck for for Team India at the FIBA Asia Cup and and for when you go back to New Orleans uh, for the NBA season. Hey, gentlemen, great, great talking with you. And uh, please, anytime you need me, just just give me a holler. Take thank care, Coach. Thank you very much. Thank you, Coach, and good luck for the tournament. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, so, I want to thank Coach Will Weber for joining us in this, uh, I would say, one of the most fun podcasts. I know we say this all the time, but damn, like this was one of the most interesting podcasts we've ever done, Koshik. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. It was. He was a real pleasure to talk to and like... Um, like you said before we started recording this like we could have gone on forever uh, we could have just spoken about anything related to basketball at nba or indian basketball and he was i was willing to just chat about it and that's that's the perfect kind of guest we could ask for i was super glad that i was able to sneak in my boogie cousins invite that, that was on top of my priority list I I I need Boogie to visit India. That's right. That's right. I was I, I was thinking you're gonna go with the Boogie Bangra thing, but maybe like it's too <laughs> it's too soon for that. <laughs> um. So Kaushik, uh, any any thoughts that that you, that you've been like your first reactions after hearing about um how his uh his sort of like I won't say disappointment, but but he does feel a bit cautious about um how the Indian team has come together before the FIBA Asia Cup. Yeah, look, I, I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised that he was this open and like no holds barred about it. Like he could, he was, yeah. he was pretty open about the fact that he's not really had uh, enough time to practice with this team or uh, enough time to practice with all the important players. So that yeah. was that was an interesting thing to see. The second interesting thing was like he mentioned uh, more than a couple of times that uh, a few players were. Probably not like mentally in it or not in shape and stuff like that. I'm really curious to know who that is. Uh, do you have any guesses, Karan? I don't want to call out names of players because, like, you know, I could be horribly wrong. And I don't want to, you know, uh, like some players with a certain reputation three years ago have changed now. And so I, I like, you know, I just don't want to say anything by name. But, you know, it does. I have seen this attitude in the past with with the Indian national team and um, players, you know, um, without without giving up their name, other players have talked about. Um, I think to a, when Indian players get comfortable at a certain level, when when they make the national team, when they when they're playing in the UBA league or whatever, or, or when they're playing well for their the, the Punjab Police team or or ONGC team or um, IOB team or whatever it is. Because there's not that much of a higher level to get to, they get really comfortable with life. They have their job, whatever the job is, and that's it. So I think what ends up happening is that hunger goes away a little bit. You know, the hunger to get even better, and and they get lethargic. And where where Coach Weber's coming from, he's coming from the culture where, unless you're in the tip-top shape mentally and physically all the time, it's it's gonna cost you money. Like you're not gonna get a big. There, you're you're in the one percentile, not even one percentile, like zero point zero one percentile of best basketball players on earth. The NBA, the NBA uh, rosters are so competitive. You have to be at your best. So I think um, I'm glad that he said that because our players need a wake up call that they can't just say that oh because the NBA is paying attention to us one day we'll all make the NBA. You know, yeah. They have to 
think like the best athletes in the world, which means always be hungry. N- never show up one day to practice. I know it sounds cliche, <laughs> but the best of the best do that. Like they actually, every story I've heard about, you know, my friends or coaches who work with the NBA, of, of guys like Kobe, for example. And you love to hear this, Kaushik, as a, as a Kobe fan. Absolutely. Um, Especially after his dad bought photo came out recently. Did you see his, that? I did not. But <laughs> I, I'll, I'll get back to you after I finish. <laughs> uh, no, but everything I've heard about like guys like Kobe and Ray Allen, uh, too, mm-hmm. is that they are genuinely as maniacal about getting better as the, the rumors say. Like They were yes. constantly working, constantly working, you know? And you have to be, not everyone's going to be Kobe, but so in my opinion, uh, Kobe Bryant ended up being one of the greats. Like he sort of overachieved in his career. He shouldn't have been as good as he ended up being, but it's because he worked harder than anyone else. He, he got there. And I feel that's what you have to do. You're not all going to be Kobe, but you have to work harder than everyone else around you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so I'm like one of the biggest Kobe fans, but I completely agree with that statement that he probably overachieved uh, a little bit. Just, just purely down to the fact that he was as hardworking as he did, and probably like and that's a compliment. obsessed about the, it. Yeah, the over, overachievement is a compliment. It it goes on to say that you know, like like LeBron is the other end of the spectrum. I think LeBron was born into the world to be a basketball player and yeah. to be like he's sort of he's basically fulfilling his manifest destiny. No, I'm not saying he doesn't work hard, but it, he was supposed to be here, in my opinion. You know, yeah. Whereas. And not, not not that Kobe is like athletically nothing like, but he was, he's he's not that level, you know. Mm. But he reached that level, which is which to me is incredible. Now tell me your whatever dad bought story. What are we talk? What are you saying? <laughs> so Kobe Bryant uh, recently Instagrammed a picture of him vacationing in Italy, and obviously he's not a professional athlete anymore. And you know how quickly these guys can uh, yeah, lose yeah, yeah, yeah. their lose their bodies and shape and so on so let's just say that like this is probably the most unfit Kobe Bryant has ever been in his <laughs> life uh, but uh, he, fair in, enough in, man he, in, in true Kobe fashion like he deleted that pic within minutes and then posted uh, an, a, an image that's just a black screen and said Mamba mode and he said to himself a challenge to be fit again in a month's time like this is the most Kobe thing ever that's hilarious um, that's amazing so anyway, like so, so, so I mean, Indian players need to be in in challenge Mamba mode and not out of shape Mamba mode. Is, that's, is that's basically exactly, the takeaway. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, I was also super glad to hear that our favorite man crush Amjot has been really showing up and playing well. Yeah, he's, I'm, he's, yeah, I'm glad he's he's killing it because I I feel like over the last year or so maybe uh, he had that that um, syndrome that we just briefly described a, a little while ago. Now it's good that he's he's feeling challenged again, feeling motivated again. And I think he's he's going to put up a big um, big fee by a share tournament. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also really, really looking forward to seeing how uh, Amritpal fits because I think he's probably at the peak of his career right now. Uh, he's He he's, played really well for Sydney Kings in that tournament. Yeah. He, he helped them win it and he, he's likely going to get signed. That'll be awesome. Uh, I'm... Uh, I hope that comes through and then like I can go see him play and that, that that's awesome. It's, uh, it, I mean, it, it is, you know, in, in the big picture, it is unfair for both the Federation and for us as the, the media watching, you know, the, the team prepare to expect so much from so little resources. You know, uh, the, Coach Weber is right, like we, our players have been super, basically the, Amjot was only the only one of our elite players who has been consistently healthy and with the team for for the last couple of months. Otherwise, 
Amrit Pal has been out. Satnam just got in. Vishesh has been hurt. So it's it, it's hard for um, it's hard to build team chemistry when you don't have a team. And you know, and if and if he's if he's now like he said, uh, so so we are recording this. We recorded our introduction a few days ago, but we're recording this conversation two days before the team flies to Lebanon. You know, so if if now he's playing Vishesh for the first time in the starting lineup, if now he's going to get the full team, it is really late. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, um, I, I feel we have the talent to still do well, but 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 talent can only take you so far. You need practice and team chemistry, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And how and how cool was it to hear uh, the young kid Bala get a shout out? He's, he's I I love that. I love Bala getting a shout out. He's I have so much. I'm placing big hopes for him for a future. Absolutely, uh, we we should probably get him on on Hoop Darshan soon before he becomes this next big. Superstar of Indian basketball, which we will eventually, <laughs> and 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 he will too. We we desperately need um, like as we have said this over and over again, and Coach Weber talked about like we we have, we have no problem with size. We are big. We are we are actually the New Orleans Pelicans of Asian basketball. <laughs> it's, it's it's the backcourt that's an issue where where our our best backcourt our, our only I would say continental class level backcourt player is Vishesh. That's right. Uh, who, who's coming back from an injury. TJ Sahi is back for this tournament. I like TJ, but it was a bit of a surprise for me because he hasn't played with the team for a long time. And it was sort of, uh, I felt like a last-minute injection. So, he, he is our most athletic backcourt player. But man, he's got crazy hops. So, that's going to be fun. And he's, he's gonna, he can score in bunches whenever we need two points and we're having a problem. So, maybe that's why coach went for him because he, I think we'd be just so desperate to have great ball handlers. True, true. I, I was surprised as well, but uh, that's probably the reason why uh, TJ is in that team. Uh, all in all, I think like it's 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 a really interesting team for us on paper. Like we've said a couple of times, uh, one of the better teams that we are sending through. But um, of course, like the preparation is not optimal. The the two big Oceania teams have joined the conference, so it's going to be even tougher to maintain that. Uh, you know, like quarterfinal position that we are aspiring to go to, but yeah. um, usually, usually moments like these or challenges like these are where you can see whether the team's up for it or not. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the tournament. Um, well, uh, do you have any other final thoughts before we we close out this episode, Kaushik? Probably not. Uh, what about you, Karan? Anything you felt from that conversation that needs uh, mentioning before we say goodbye? Um, I mean, it's. He, I, I'm glad he. I'm, I'm glad Coach Weber basically re- reinstated or, or or repeated what a lot of us as fans already believe that the NBA Western Conference is going to be bloodbath. <laughs> and the fact, like the fact that uh, his team has the two best bigs in the in the NBA, and and they might not even might not even make the playoffs. That's how tough it is, you know. So. Um, I, I I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping the best for him. You know I'm I was already I already had a certain bias towards that team because of Boogie. But now that our 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 coach is is going back to them, I would love to see them do well. Hey, can I tell you something, Karan? I'm rooting for them to fail. You know why? <laughs> you want your Lakers to make the playoffs? No. Uh, uh, yes, I do. But that's not happening. But uh, I want um, one of Boogie cousins or Anthony Davis to get upset and then like Lakers can swoop him in. I and keep dreaming. Keep keep dreaming. But <laughs> uh, on that dreamy note, uh, I want to thank everyone for for tuning in to this episode. By the time you guys hear this, we'll our team will be in Lebanon and hopefully getting ready for the for the games. 
Um, thank you for tuning in, everyone, and and get in touch with us if you have any thoughts, any 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 comments, any ideas. That's right. Uh, if you want to reach us on Twitter, I'm at underscore Kaushik Seven, and Karan is at Hoopistani. The podcast is at Hoopdarshan. And we are also available on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean, and a bunch of other places. We're going to be like um, shawarma stalls in Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, then. Hashtag India Basketball.